Hey, welcome to Off the Cup ABQ. Thanks for riding with me. I'm Dinah Vargas. I'm your host, and you're listening to the hottest, newest local talk radio for New Mexico. Off the Cup ABQ is the next level of talk radio, and it's not for the easily offended. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for riding with me. Let's take it off the cup. You're listening to Conservative Talk Albuquerque, KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Hey everybody, welcome to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's Taco Tuesday and guess what? We have tacos. Janice Arnold Jones brought tacos. Everyone's eating tacos. I can see them. (laughs) The whole production team. So we had our block party this weekend. I was saying, so Dinah, I have to tell you that while you may be off the cuff, for those not easily offended, you are the hardest lurking woman I think I know. Oh my goodness. And what a great block party. It totally was. It, it was. And you know, it uh, for those who weren't there, it rained twice. And normally rain means, oh, it's over. Right. Not, not. Right. Everybody stayed. Oh, it was flooding. Like, <laughs> everywhere. Threw out the sound a couple of times. And I said, who ordered the rain? Fire them now. <laughs> you didn't say, because I was just saying, thank you, Lord, because it was hot. It was totally hot. It was really and hot. And everybody stayed. At that That is what was, but we had plenty of tents so people could get out of there. But watching the kids and the grownups stomp in the puddle right in front of the sound booth. <laughs> totally fun. <laughs> it was great. So speaking of tents, uh, American Tents from South Valley, mm-hmm. Chava, Castillo, he sponsored part of the event, so he provided the chairs. I had ordered some extra ones because it was it was a holiday weekend and everybody was kind of having a shindig. Right. And so, shout out to American Tents, uh, Chava Castillo, there at the at the South Valley. What'd you think about the food vendors and the ice cream I, guy? I didn't do the ice cream, but I will tell you, I got a brisket taco from the the food truck, whose name I don't know. Which smoking shaman. wet barbecue? Well, it was. Awesome. Wasn't oh, it? my goodness. I, you know, and I normally don't just rave about nachos. I, I didn't get nachos. I oh. got a brisket taco, a brisket taco on Saturday. Yes, I did. And it was <laughs> and, and it was smothered in guacamole and there were mm. other spices. This meat was just so tender. And I, I don't know that they're making the tortillas. The tortillas, I, I think they might have, and they, it was wonderful. Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great job. Yeah, they're always held up there at the corner of uh, Rio Bravo and Coors. Well, so right there at the, I guess it's called a right-of-way, where they usually have the sign that says no vending right-of-way. Oh, but, right I there. mean, like right. who follows the rules? Well, I would know? say, so my friend had a pulled pork sandwich, and she normally eats like a bird. She ate the whole thing. It was right. that good. Right. So who, who, who has that truck? Mr. T. Mr. T. Yes. So very good. Yes. And so uh, we found him like literally God tossed him to us because we, you know, we're like, we need the ice cream guy. We need somebody with cool stuff because we knew it was going to be hot. And so we got his name from a referral and he was the top of the five. First person we call and he's all in. Wow. And and it's just been fabulous. Speakers were great. What about the Lowriders? Majestic Lowrider Car Club. Well, hot damn. Were those cars nice? They were beautiful. They were just gorgeous. Just. I mean, one of them brought it in on on a like hold it here on a flatbed. Like it's 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 one of those kind of cars. I have to say, but you know, after you put that much love and money into those cars, 
I understand why some people never drive their lowriders in the middle of the day because <laughs> it might ruin that beautiful paint job and the paint jobs were just gorgeous. And then their children, they have these like mini yes. sort of cars, but they actually work on them. They, they, they learn whatever. I don't know, the painting of it and things like this. Uh, Chairman Steve Pierce mm -hmm. mentioned them and he had asked the president of, of Majestic Car Club, um, you know, just some questions. He said, I have my kids involved so that they don't get in trouble. So they're teaching them stuff like skills. Yeah. Maybe it's painting. Maybe it's putting juice on a car. This is what they call it, juice. You know, I don't know if you know, but a uh, long, long time ago, I, I practically grew up in a car club. My dad I used to put juice that. on, on a uh, juice. Look, look at me talking juice, hydraulics on cars. Um, and so we were always part of a car club, you know? And so my dad always got us the good shirts, like the embroidered ones. Everyone else had the pasties, you know, like the right. screen print. But he always <laughs> made sure we had the good stuff, like them. Uh, and it was a short time. It was during the 80s, like maybe the early 80s. And then after that, I mean, it's just, I mean, you got to grow up at some, not grow up at some time at some point, but it just, like, God was tossing my dad someplace different. There is uh, Gerald Madrid. It was in Gerald Madrid's oh. parking lot. Gerald Madrid bail bond, last man standing. He's the only one speaking out of the 2016 bail bond reform. You don't know about that. You cannot fix the say, crime. And let me, let me just be real direct. Justice Daniels lied to the legislature. Oh. I, and I don't know how to say that nicely. I can't. Deliberately. He lied to the legislature and, and look at what it has wrought. I'm sorry. Right. That, that he duped us. Yes, he did. Deliberately. Yes. Right. And, and then as a result, we have criminals taking advantage of the criminal justice system. But like the sign reads, criminal justice system, only ones walking out of there with justice is criminals. Revolving doors. Cena James on socialism. Chris James, local business. And Thornton, American, black American voters. I mean, he, I mean, he, he was on fire. Uh, Joel Padrell, he's my favorite. Mijo, I hope you're <laughs> listening to the show. He's from San Jose, you know that. Uh, well, you know, I, their whole family. So they were divided between Highland High School and Albuquerque High. Right. And so Jewel actually went to Highland, but Jane, um, his sister went to Albuquerque High. So, so, you know. I mean, just so you know. Right. So, you know, Joel Padrell, uh, one of the E's, E is out of, right. of his name. And I had him here as a guest, and it was because when they were um, entering the information for the birth certificate, when it stamped it, there's an imprint of an E, but it's minus because <laughs> there was no ink. And so when he joined the military, he was trying to spell it regularly. They said, nope, this That's is the way you spell your name. And from, from then on, he just kind of did it and did you that know, way. Did he tell you about the vertical solar panels that he's working on? All right, no. we'll talk about that later. Yeah. It is so cool. Uh, I think his company is called Frontera. Oh, hot damn. Yeah. Mijo, we got to get you back on the... Absolutely. On the show. Anthony Segura, he uh, was I there. Say, well, and he, was, he was with us last Tuesday. Right. Talking about New Mexico shooting sports and so much more. And so much more. Tara Shaver, abortion-free New Mexico. Jill uh, O'Keefe, the moral outcry. David Mendoca, he has a show here on KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Regarding... Show up, Dad. You got to be more than just a paycheck. That doesn't mean not have a job. He's saying you got to be present with your family. He's a really fascinating uh, individual. He has a podcast here on this station, KDAZ. The mid-roll or halftime show, Virginia Gonzalez, she's oh. a comedian. 
she, she was, was hysterical. Funny. Oh my goodness! I was I was sitting next to her, and I about about fell off my chair. She just nailed it, and things that are truly New Mexican. And she's not from here, right. but she nailed it. I love especially her. about the eyebrows. Did you like the part about? I loved. <laughs> I loved all of it. I loved all of it. Stephanie Lord was on fire. Peggy Aragon, Electric School Board. She was great. Uh, Crystal Franco, Ali Enaga. Jolene Chavez, she's out of Valencia County running for UNM board, advisory board right. for UNM. Chairman Steve Pierce was there. Gubernatorial candidates, Tim Walsh, Ethel Maharg, Rebecca Dow, Greg Zanetti, Jay Block, Luis Sanchez. Lieutenant Governor Isabella Solis, hot damn. She's passionate. I do not get real kind of hopped up. Why, why are the windows fogging in here? <laughs> I'm getting a little concerned. So uh, I guess we'll fix that during break. Isabella Solia, she was on she is fire. A, and she's a former county commissioner in Doniana County. Right. Running for lieutenant governor. Right. Crossover. Yep. Crossover. CPR2U, thank you very much. Abortion-free New Mexico. Conservative women with our, our host on, on Thursdays. Samantha Connors, she's also known as the conservative millennial right. because she's she's a voice of the youth. Mañana mejor, if you'd like a better tomorrow, log on there. Lesmans Pro Audio Lighting and Video provided the sound. They did a great job. Provided the sound. Yeah. Gerald Madrid, Operation Freedom, and Conservative Talk Radio, where we are exclusively aired. So it was a great event. I uh, thank you, everybody who showed up, everybody who participated. Uh, let's not forget about Paul Escabel. He brought the trash cans. He did that all on his own. He just wanted to participate. That was his contribution. And so... Um, well, it, and I'm going to bet that when you finally left that parking lot, you couldn't tell we'd been there. Oh, my goodness. Was it clean? I, I would say because I was on the cleanup crew. Yeah? Yeah. We yeah. went out and we picked up everything. Right, right. It was a lot of stuff. Um, Gerald Madrid was super impressed. He was like, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. He, he never could, I guess in hindsight, looking back, because I saw him the next day, he was like, this, was, this parking lot was transformed into a place where people were able to connect. Yeah, it was great. Right. So we got to take great. a quick break, but I just want to give a shout out real super quick to Eden Shaver. It's his birthday and Aww. he's under the weather no his chicken pops i was going to take him out for a good time so eden as soon as you get better we're going to go have a good time we'll take azariah with us since we took the girls the last time to go get our nails done so happy birthday i love you very much shout out to my nephew benjamin vargas it's also his birthday and he's getting ready for deployment he's a sailor and he's in the uh, in the navy, and he's, he's. What ship is he on? I I, I don't quite remember. Now, Dinah, I, you I know. Think, you know, we keep track of these things. I know. So, Benny, shout out to you. I love you very much. It's my first nephew. He was born on on, on Labor Day, so my Aww. sister was in labor on Labor Day. It's kind of funny, <laughs> but um, but he was the first nephew. You know, he was the first, I guess, grandchild, a child of of my parents and stuff, and. And after him just came several others. And so I'm completely lucky in this world to have somebody like Benjamin to be my nephew. And what other shout outs? Do we have any other shout outs? Oh, taco trucks. Not all taco trucks are made the same. Just no, really, really, not. really quick. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm tired of everything. There's no good service anywhere. During pandemic, there was a ton of taco trucks. So we pull up 
I pull up to this taco truck. Well, several of them. One was closed, and it was all—it was just all kinds of issues. So I pull up on Central and 98th Street, no, Central and Unser, and it's called Tia Maria's Kitchen. And there's just a blinking open sign, open. And I was like, God, I now, hope they is, have tacos. Is that who was there? On, on No. No, okay, all right. No, but I mean, not all taco trucks are made the same. And no. so I said, are you Tia Maria? She says, yes. I said, I want this. I forget the name of the tacos because, I mean, I normally don't eat at taco trucks, but I have during pandemic or at least in the latter part. And so I think we're going to take this uh, off the cuff and we're going to start doing taco truck reviews. So I'd like to give uh, cool. Tia Maria uh, Kitchen taco truck. What I mean, what's the highest? Is it four stars? Is it five stars? Five, five stars. Five stars. You will not be disappointed. They serve you. The food is hot. It is fresh. They're, I mean, the well, onions, everything just beautiful. But I have an idea. What's that? What if we uh, start talking about taco trucks and let them help us sample their food every Tuesday? Absolutely. <laughs> I kind of like this. Everyone's clapping in production. So we got Tim Walsh. Yes. With us today. He's a gubernatorial candidate. He spoke at Off the Cuff ABQ block party. Mm -hmm. He was the first to go on stage. He was phenomenal. We're going to meet him right when we get back. We got to take a quick break. You're listening to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's not for the easily offended. Stay there. Don't go anywhere. Mañana Mejor is leading an effort to reform bail in a way that keeps New Mexicans safe. While violent crime is skyrocketing and the murder count in New Mexico is at a record-breaking high, some activist judges continue to release hardened criminals, many repeat offenders, back onto our streets. Learn what you can do to help at mañanamejor.com. Find hope in three days. Change your life at the Hope Ahead Retreat. There is a cost, but scholarships are available. Connect with other Christian women. September 23rd through 25th. Information at hopeahead.org. Come join us. ABQ Guns is the only women veteran-owned firearm store and has the largest blue label store in New Mexico, offering special pricing for first responders and military. ABQ Guns carries Sig Sauer, Glock, CZUSA, FNUSA, and Smith & Wesson with non-inflated pricing. Visit us at abqguns.com. ABQ Guns has the best customer service in New Mexico. Mention Off the Cuff and receive a 5% discount on all accessory items. Visit us at abqguns.com. Off the Cuff ABQ. I'm Dinah Vargas. I'm Janice Arnold Jones. And in the house with us, in the studio with us, we have Tim Walsh. He's a gubernatorial candidate. What made you decide to run for, for governor, sir? Well, uh, pretty simple question. I uh, believe in a helping hand up, not a hand out. That puts me at the complete opposite of the current executive in the fourth floor. I, I say executive, that's with a small e. The reason I'm running is that all New Mexicans deserve liberty and all New Mexicans deserve an opportunity. I've got five initiatives that provide opportunity for all of New Mexico. If you give me the latitude, I'll briefly just buzz right through them and then you can have questions and and pin me in a corner if you want to try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, challenge accepted. Okay, very good. <laughs> Uh, I'll start with uh, my favorite, which is school choice. I've already written the legislation for a universal school choice act that would provide all K through 12 students the opportunity to go to the school that their parent or guardian 
would select. I'm talking private school. I'm talking competition for the failed public school system. For the last 20 years, public schools has spent, out of the General Appropriations Act, over $40 billion and have created no significant student achievement results. $40 billion in 20 years with no results. It's time for them to have competition, and this Universal School Choice Act would give them that competition. Every child has a voucher. Every parent can select the right school for their child. That's step number one. Step number two is the economy. I want to unleash human potential in this state, not lock it down. My plan is basically called Opportunity New Mexico, O-N-N. Get on board because it's a creative process. The program's gonna provide low interest loans to entrepreneurs, micro business startups, small, mid, and large businesses that are already located here in New Mexico. We don't have to go farming outside our borders to try and bring business into this state. We need to invest in our own people, our own ideas, and grow our own businesses. With that, we create our own diverse economy. The third item is state government. Don't get me started. <laughs> Stop wasteful spending and unnecessary debt. When I announced on July 7th in the Albuquerque Journal, I drove a couple stakes in the ground. The first was to take the 2060 bail, 2016 bail reform and stop it, stop the revolving door. Felons should not be out on the street with ankle bracelets that they can cut off. It's ridiculous. The competition up north already identified my stake in the ground because recently, the governor announced that she was going to look at bail reform uh, during the 30-day legislative session coming in January. This 30-day session is supposed to be budget only, but she's gonna take a look at it because a gubernatorial candidate said, hey, this is wrong, it needs to be taken care of. So she's trying to take me out at the knees for that. Regardless, the Law and order situation is out of control. We need to improve public safety. I need to find fiscal accountability within state government. Where there's waste, we stop it, we take those dollars, we move it into public safety and law and order, we hire more police. I would direct those dollars at the five communities that have the highest per capita crime rate. Uh, and you know it, Boleyn, Gallup, Albuquerque, they're three of the top five. Also, I'd push for a mental health component within the judicial system. That's a piece that's been missing for, since day one. We have 10,000 Bernalillo court cases that are backlogged due to COVID. That needs to be addressed. It's just like debt, you can't carry debt. If you're gonna prosper, you can't carry debt. This is debt in the judicial system. They have to have night court. You can set them up at churches. You can have them at high schools. You pay judges extra. You pay bailiffs extra. You, you get the job done, and you clear the docket. So law and order and state government just kind of blended together on me, but uh, I 
as your governor, I would use executive authority to balance the budget, which wasn't done during the first two years of the current administration. She had to call a special session because she got so nilly-willy about spending money, and that seems to be her track record, just to throw money at everything. That's not the way you run a business. And that's the biggest business in this state, is state government. It needs someone that's fiscally conservative. She claimed to be when she was running for office against Chairman Pierce. And I laughed when I read that, because I knew her track record. And she's true to that track record, which isn't good. The other thing besides balancing the budget, I would take the cabinet departments. There's 27 of them. I've already compressed them into 10. That savings alone is over $8 million in less secretaries of departments. That's just salary, not benefits. In addition to that, I would look to hire secretary designates from within the current departments. There's talent in every department. I would like to identify that and move it into a leadership position and work with them, not against them. She seems to be losing quite a few secretaries in the last two years, and that I believe is due to the toxic work environment up in the roundhouse. The institutional knowledge that these secretary designates would help create cost savings and improve citizen services. So that covers state government and law and order. The last item, item number five, is poverty. I want to direct this at our 22 native nations. Regis Pecos, a former governor of uh, Cochiti Pueblo, has been involved in trying to expand educational empowerment for our sovereign nations in the last 20 years. I want to work with him and all of those involved to provide absolute educational empowerment. House Bill 6 this last April was signed, and what it did, it was try to placate the nations with $60 million. I read the 44-page bill. There's no appropriations for $60 uh, uh, million to, to fix PED mandates and cumbersome regulations. The only thing involved is we'll take care of you. We jimmied the student equalization guarantee funding formula to take impact aid funds and make sure that it goes to the 22 nations. But for decades, those impact aid funds have been spread to every school district in our state. So they're just fixing a problem that they created years ago. That's, no, that's not enough. I want them to have the opportunity to teach their own children, run their own schools without state involvement, without PED mandates and rules and regulations. Those are the first five uh, initiatives that the Walsh administration would provide but I need help. The primary election is the key election in my eyes. I need help from you, the listeners, to have your family and friends re-register from Democrat, from Libertarian, from Independent, 
please re-register to become Republicans because Republican numbers alone will not win the general. My call to action is liberty and opportunity. If you think I'm the man for you, then you can start working for me and we can turn this state around. And uh, Walsh2022.com is my website and it's gonna open up soon. And Dinah, thank you for- Oh yeah, no, no, that was, a, uh, that was a whole lot. <clears throat> so um, state government and wasteful spending, we got all that COVID money, we had extra money in, uh, from gas and oil, which you know Democrats are al always on record of, of trying to kill. And most New Mexicans, the only uh, relationship they have with gas and oil is that when they're putting gas in their car at the local convenience store. But the reality is that gas and oil supplies a huge amount into the permanent fund for the education. And we're still dead last, uh, at least for Albuquerque Public Schools. They, they've yet to give us a dollar amount, yet to give us a dollar amount that they will accept to educate our children. Tony D, she rides with me Wednesdays and Fridays, and she says this thing often. She says they use our education against us. Oh. And the first time she said it, I was just like, I didn't know. I, di I didn't quite know. I like it. It bothered me. It bothered me a whole bunch that she said that. And I was like, I don't know if I want you to say that. And then and then so we kind of like had it out a little bit in the in the I call it the war room, the production room. She said they do use our education against us because we're dead last. And then they have us on this path thinking that. But but because we're dead last, they can say, well, it's your <laughs> fault because you haven't given us enough money. This makes no sense. She is absolutely right. right. I mean, that's as bad as uh, sitting in a room with other state legislators and 11 states are 50th in the nation. This isn't about education. This is about money. Money, honey. Right. And the, P and the PED um, board that governs the, the school boards, when they don't like what you do as an elected official, they're just going to cancel you. They did it to Floyd. Well, let me say, so let me ask our gubernatorial candidate, Tim Walsh, here, if you would reverse the uh, cabinet secretary for PED, one of the things that happened under Bill Richardson and under Gary Johnson, they proposed making a cabinet secretary of education so that the governor could hold them accountable. And ain't nothing happened, nothing except that there is no place for parents to go at the state. Nobody answers us. And they just come in and they try to take over school systems. This is crazy. And we end all arguments with the graduation rate, period, end of story. Yes, ma'am. Guess what? It's still the same as 1999. I worked for former Governor Gary Johnson for four years, his second administration. I served as his, uh, public, his um, education policy advisor, which included K through 12 and higher education. That's when I started. The idea of having a secretary of ed and not a board of education was an idea I gave the governor because I looked at the state of Minnesota and they got rid of theirs three years prior. And this is back in 2000. Mm -hmm. and, I, and so I pushed for the idea and he said, let's wait on it. His last year, I took it to Ben Lujan, House Speaker Ben Lujan. The highest ranking Latino in the great state of New Mexico or in the, in the United States at the time. And his comment was, you know what, Tim? 
That's a great idea. I think we're just going to hold on and wait for the next governor, mm. which was Bill Richardson. Billy Sparks, his campaign manager, came into my office a week before we were leaving, and Gary gave him the latitude to talk to folks. He came in and said, Tim, what do we need to do with the Richardson administration that you guys didn't get done that would be good for New Mexico? I gave him 17 bullet points. Richardson passed 11. So some of his appropriate things that were passed were ideas from the Johnson administration. I was saying the secretary that, so, I, and, and I'll just tell you straight up, because I have been in nine different states, nine different school systems for my kids, I oppose this because taking the parents out of the equation was not a good thing. Could have been, but why do you think this has failed so miserably? Because it was a good idea, and I've been in states where there are cabinet secretaries of education, but it flat has not worked here. Well, the reason I push for it is there would be a direct line of accountability to the governor's desk because the Secretary of Public Education serves at the governor's behest. Well, let me see. So it does not matter here. Why is that? And, and why would you want to take the parents out of the equation? Because that's what has happened. And was that your plan originally? No. The, the situation was, at that time, there were 12 or 15 elected board members on the State Board of Education, and it diffused it gave a voice to parents, but it was diffused when they met together and they just ran their own agendas, the, the previous agendas, just like the Legislative Education Study Committee's done forever. When Bill Richardson came on board, Mimi Stewart took her Real Education Act to him. They went and got a constitutional okay to rob the permanent fund. With the aid of Pete Domenici to rob the permanent fund, yes. to increase the amount of dollars to put, to put in place the Real Education Act, which failed. So they robbed the permanent fund over almost $700 million, mm -hmm. one-time money, okay? You put that in the system, that's one-time money. But after the sunset, sunset Clause came into effect, the state had to come up with 300 million more dollars every year yep. that was being taken from the permanent fund for education. So that put the next legislature in a bind as to where do we get the money to cover this because it, it's in the operational fund now. It's just annual, boom, 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 it's gotta go in. Right, right, and then it has to be paid out every year. This is uh, what I gathered from you when you talked about wasteful spending from the current governor so all of these programs that have to be replenished for money that we do not have. I would say, well, and, and the recurring programs, the re reoccurring. That, that's what we call it, you know, and the recurring takes most of the discretion out of the budget. But let me just segue to this, Governor. So we know that there's going to be about $8 billion available. The current budget is about $7.3 billion. I promise you the new budget will be $8 billion. What do you think, Good Tim? grief. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how to look at dollars in a practical manner. It's like any, you can't trust any, them with numbers. Anytime new money comes in, I saw it four years in a row when I served up there. They got nilly-willy. Oh, there's new money. And 
every legislature, R's and D's, had a way to spend it. Absolutely. And so it was always a... Of course, there haven't uh, been too many R legislatures. Right. Mostly but, D. But then again, <laughs> it's kind of like county fair downstairs. Like a circus show? Yeah, yes. Uh, I, I, I have to be... I have to keep my governor's hat on because <laughs> I got you. I got you. Okay, so I want to ask you about the agencies. Do we have time to go into this subject? Um, well, we got about four more. We got one more minute left. So uh, okay, well yes. I want to ask that. So school so, choice. So what is going to be your question on the way in, so that way we know what it is? I, w I want to talk about the agencies and combining agencies and how uh, Tim intends to manage agencies that are not serving the people. Okay. All right, so so we'll come in with that. But what's your question before we segue so, out? So, did you work with Senator Mark Boitano to get the school choice actions passed when you were in the Johnson administration? Yes, uh, Senator Boitano carried quite a few bills. He did. For us. He did a great job. Mm -hmm. But it's been an ongoing fight to allow parents to assess the needs of their children and make sure that they are educated. And oh. it has been a constant fight. Let me jump in real quick. Uh, Gary Johnson's uh, School Choice Act bill 20 years ago was a great idea. Mm -hmm. The one I've written is even bigger and badder. Good. Public schools systems are not going to like the looks of that. <laughs> Teachers unions are going to be squealing to the walls. And they should be. Yes. And they should be. They should be. We'll take a quick break. We're here with Tim Walsh. He's a gubernatorial candidate. He's looking to change a few things he put on platform, put on radio, what he expects to do. It's rising to the top of the occasion, occasion for New Mexicans and New Mexico. I'm writing with Janice Arnold Jones today. Stay there. Don't go anywhere. Don't forget to visit us on our website, offthecuffabq.com. We'll be right back. Do you need hope, hope to live, hope to grow, and hope in God? Find these and more at Hope Ahead Classes, women helping women in a caring community. Class info at hopeahead.org. We give practical, simple help, tips, and tools. Find your hope this summer. Off the Cuff ABQ, it's a next level of conservative talk radio, and it's not for the easily offended. I'm riding the airwaves today with Janice Arnold-Jones. What's happening? Hey, Taco Tuesday, taco and there are tacos in the house. She brought tacos. I would say, well, occasionally we get to do this. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> but we also have Tim Walsh, who's running for governor, and I can hardly wait to ask some questions. As you know, I'm a junkie about uh, state government, and things that don't work and there's a lot that's not working so i want to ask tim is that okay with you of course it is oh good oh good okay so um you said tim that you want to reduce the number of agency heads from 27 to 10 and you know what quite frankly sounds good to me but i have a bigger issue i want to know what you're going to do to make these agencies effective and functional and and let me give you a couple of examples uh, and I'm going to exclude the Secretary of State because you really don't have control of the Secretary That's of State. That's correct. Um, but um, you do have control of uh, tax and revenue. Uh, and I have been out of the legislature now 11 years, and there isn't a month that goes by that I don't get a small business person calling me going, I have a canceled check, I paid my taxes, and they are dinging me because I haven't paid my taxes. And nobody will answer the phone. And then there's regulation and licensing and permitting. But we'll start with tax and revenue. What, do you, what can you do? 
Well, I, I appreciate the question, Janice, but uh, let's hold tax and rev hostage for a second. No pun intended. <laughs> I would like to talk about the public education department first. Okay. It is so bloated with former political appointees that it could easily be restructured and save $17 million in salary alone. They have a history of not answering their phone either. Oh, that's true. The... Um, the most important of all departments, the one that is in greater need than even public education department is CYFD. I was just gonna oh, ask absolutely. that, that was my next question. CYFD has had a history that is comparable to none. It needs to be under the umbrella of public safety. Well, that's a good idea. That is With a good idea. With public safety, you would have people investigating that know how to investigate. You can bring in retirees and pay them per diem to do investigations. Those former law enforcement individuals will know when there's abuse or neglect involved within the family. You don't need to have people off the street with a social worker degree that isn't sure or is afraid to have a child taken out of the home and unfortunately, the judicial system normally just puts that child back into that wrong environment. There's some great things that could be done as far as that's concerned if it's brought in under that umbrella. Back to tax and rev, those other ones, that would be under the umbrella of uh, the Department of Commerce, which would be a new department. All departments would share in the help desk. Individuals would be taking their turns all the way from secretaries, secretary designate, down to the lowest level hourly employee taking their turn at the help desk answering that phone. So they all get a feel for what citizens are asking for when they call in. Sure, so a, a picky question here. One of the things that I saw in state government across the board was the unwillingness to invest in our own employees by training them. How would you change that culture? Because I think these are great ideas. But without the training, does it work? You know, training should be part of any organizational culture. And in, and in business, in the private sector, that is definitely a vein in every successful business is the ability to be able to get trained to move up the ladder as far as roles, responsibility, and a higher salary or higher hourly wage. Turnover does not help any organization. And of all of them, CYFD has the highest turnover of any of the departments, which is unfortunate for the kids that are suffering across this state. Well, and not to mention that, that they're the most brutally murdered often by their parents or as a result of parent neglect. So children, youth, and families department, I've always said that system needs to be shocked like to the core because, uh, I mean, everyone remembers Victoria Martins. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's a 10-year-old. Uh, happened about five years ago. And the one that was charged with murder is out 
on an ankle bracelet with another family. Oh, you mean one of those ones that nobody monitors? Gonzalez, Fabian Gonzalez. And so the women took a plea deal for 50 years. I'm like, why bother with the plea deal for 50 years? I mean, that's that's forever. But this guy, he's he's he. They're looking for a mystery man. So it it it. He, nobody is going to go to jail for the murder of Victoria Martins, and it's not just her. It's countless children. It's always children in New Mexico, that, I mean, these are just horrific crimes where like it makes you want to throw up. Right. It's disgusting what happens. Child trafficking. We had the kindergartner that was going to school with eyeliner still on. On her eyes or first grade or whatever she was and little high heels that that you get from like a toy store and she told the teacher she'd been hustling all all night doing horrible things for crack pipes for her dad like biological dad bio i mean not even like the woman's boyfriend which you know they're you gotta be careful who you put your kids around so is it money or is it accountability? Because I think there is training. I, th I think everybody knows what's happening with, you know, with the children. Is it the training or is it that, is it transparency? Or is it that if there's no account accountability whatsoever? Well, I think it's all of that, but I'm just gonna defend our, our state workers. Technology is changing. And if you put them on systems that they don't know how to work, they don't do it because you, you avoid stuff you don't so know So then who's do. accountable? And, Where does and, the buck stop? Well, it's going to stop at the governor's office, and they have to set up a culture that says you, you have to provide service to New Mexicans, and if that means training your people, then train them. So what happens if all of that's in place and it's still that way about children because it, it just appears that New Mexico does not care about children, then what? Who's accountable? Like, who goes to jail for this? Is it the secretary of, of the Children, Youth, and Families Department? Did I say it correctly? You did. Very yes. Good. <laughs> the CYFD. I'm not good with acronyms. I need, like, a Proverbs book or something, you know? <laughs> but it's the Children of New Mexico. We have to start there. Absolutely. Uh, from their public safety. I, I Like, I totally agree. It is I, about I, public I, safety. I, but I who's that, accountable But uh, at the end of the day beyond the governor? And it has to be, I would say, but it is all of those people. Uh, but I do like the idea under putting it under public safety. I do too. This is, this and is calling it that. Yeah. Like, well, I think it could change the mindset. Yep. Uh, and that's the difference between myself and uh, my fellow GOP candidates. Uh, I, I've done the research. I've been in the game. I'm the most experienced. I always kid around by saying I'm not the prettiest. I'm not the smartest but I am the most experienced. And uh, I've been working since I've been 12 years old, so um, I, I don't see a day where I don't work. And uh, I still got the fire in the belly, and that's one reason I'm running, because right. uh, things just aren't being done the right way. People aren't doing the right thing. And uh, the chief executive of this state should be leading not saying, causing problems. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I was going to say is that we have a bully in the, in the governor's office, but there is no leadership. And being a bully does not make you a leader. Absolutely. Not no. at all. And you have to lead. When you lead, you make all of those with you also want to do the best. And we don't have that. Well, I've got years of teaching and coaching experience. And uh, the only reason I was successful at either one, especially coaching, is we work together. We have a specific goal. We have a mission. We have certain leaders that step up. If not, I select certain ones. We work together to solve problems. I don't tell you how to solve them. 
we work together to what solve a them. Concept. So yeah, what, what, what a concept. So what coaching? What did you coach? <laughs> Everything but soccer. I <laughs> ah, see we're a match made in heaven because I that's all I did. <laughs> You're so adorable. So accountability. If no one is accountable for their actions of failed leadership, even if it is in these secretary positions, because they're it, it's a ton of money they get. They get a lot of money for doing their job. Some of them ten thousand, you know, a month. That's a lot of money. And so transparency, accountability, and responsibility. So, Diane, I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by accountability? You know, it's really easy for a, part, a department head to stand up there and say, I take responsibility. Well, big whooping deal. Mm -hmm. Oh, so what do you mean by accountability? Because if you fire people too frequently, that doesn't work Then either. you're going to be ahead uh, chopper, right? And everyone's going to be worried right. about getting fired. If you're going to fire somebody, you got to fire them all on the same day. Oh, you mean like that? You know, that way it doesn't cause like dissent. But I'm saying if, if we have another Victoria Martins or something similar to that, someone needs to go to jail within that department. Well, I got And they need to be fired or, or like it needs to be substantial. I got okay. upset when the, the last murder happened, that four year old boy. Yes. And uh, the statement was made in the newspaper that there was a mishap. No, there was a boy murdered. Right. Four year old child. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Victoria Martin's literally like the OMI report, limb for limb, uh, on fire, mm -hmm. in a bathroom, and we have no murderer. And we have and they no did murderer. the perp, yeah. uh, is it called a perp walk, perp something walk, like this? Yes. And then two years later, cell phone records come out, and then all of a sudden, poof, just like that. Who? I mean, who's on those cell phone records? It just seems like there's a lot. Right. And five years later, it's it's almost irrelevant. Everything's pretty much destroyed as far as evidence, as far as how it was collected. It's a thousand things. The criminal justice system does not include victims. The criminal justice system will always only serve and provide justice for criminals. Like go. the sign reads, yeah. There you go. There you go. So. Well, I would say, well, you have some very exciting ideas. Well, so you. let me ask you the political side. How do you intend to win this election? What's well, your plan? It's a uh, call to action. It's uh, grassroots. I need individuals uh, statewide to uh, think about their next vote. If they think about their next vote and they evaluate each candidate, I believe I'm the candidate for them in the primary. If I get past the primary, I know that I'll be the next governor of this state. But I need people to cross over from being a Democrat, Libertarian, or Independent. I need them to re-register as a Republican. It doesn't hurt. You go to the Secretary of State website online. It takes five minutes to do. If you can do that and back me, I can help with your help change the way things run in this state for the better for the better of new mexicans so you've spent more time working in the office of the governor than any other candidate that said this is this is your quote i am not the prettiest and but probably the most fiscally conservative 
and definitely the most experienced with state government. Oh, that's from the block party. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in the house with Tim Walsh, gubernatorial candidate for governor, because we're going to need a good governor. So we got to start paying attention to them right now instead of the day before election. And we truly need a leader. Absolutely. need a leader. Absolutely. Janice Arnold-Jones, co-host today in production. We have Leslie Padilla. Thanks for being here. And, And Tony D. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Stay there. You are the experiment when you take the experimental COVID-19 vaccines. Did you know that according to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System run by the government that over 900 women have documented miscarriages linked to their COVID-19 shot? COVID-19 vaccines have not been approved for pregnant women or children. Read our reports and hear the facts from a COVID-19 task force whistleblower at abortionfreenm.com. If you want to help us end abortion in New Mexico, visit abortionfreenm.com today. That's abortionfreenm.com. Hey everybody, this is Cristina Estrada from the Estancia Valley, East Mountains. There's a new show called Off the Cuff. It's on Monday through Friday at 3 to 4. And I ride the airways with Dino Vargas every Monday. So tune in, 3 to 4. Tell your friends. Hey everybody, welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ. I'm Dino Vargas. I'm Janice Arnold-Jones. And in the house with us, we have gubernatorial candidate Tim Walsh. He's running for governor. He has five points he outlined for us. So, and I have a question about one of his points, actually one of his passions. Um, so you actually are an educator by, by trade, by, by career. And uh, in today's paper, we're talking about revamping, teaching, reading yet again, <laughs> yet again. And I was wondering what your view is on literacy. It is very clear that all of those systems have failed to teach children to read. And what is really sad is we now have grandparents who are unable to read, which is an essential link in terms of teaching children to read. What what do you think we should do? Uh, It's rather ironic or sad with a capital S is that in the year 2000, I was in a house committee, house education committee, pushing for a bill that included phonics, a structural, oh. a structural reading program. This was 21 years ago. I had a phonics system I learned to read with. I looked at what the school districts at that time were using, and they did not include phonics. No, they used whole language. And The kid's supposed to guess. And I said, you need to provide alternatives to these children because not everyone learns to read the same way and you're leaving a gap for a lot of people i was easily dismissed by the democrats and the mimi stewarts and all those experts that knew how to teach reading 21 years later this morning's paper they're talking about a structural reading program that they passed in 2019 and that they want to implement now in the school system 20 years later so really education is this you have to know how to read with excellence you have to write with excellence and you have to know math like that's literally all you need for education because that's, at that point that's exactly the, what i pushed when i was working I for say, governor those, johnson those, those three tools, things two tools there you can you can learn for the rest of your life because you can comprehend right and you can communicate and then you can understand what it is that you're reading. Everything west of the river, 
South Valley, West Side, where Southern New Mexico actually begins. Biggest demographics that are unregistered, poorest education, and the most millennials. And the sorriest education. Like, there's not enough educators to teach the English as a second language, and we can be here on and on. There's more substitute teachers as permanent teachers on the West Side and the South Valley. Yep. So out of everybody in New Mexico, or at least Albuquerque, that side of the river, because everything changes. If you want to go to, if, if you got to do anything, you got to cross the river, like to go to court, to go to county meetings for anything, to go to work. Sun's always in your eyes. And then when you come home, you, you got to cross the river and sun is still in your eyes. Good grief. Hadn't thought about it that way. So do you think APS should be divided right there at the river? Oh, let oh me, let man. Me, <laughs> let, me, let me have that one, please. Okay. <laughs> Take it. Uh, that was one of the uh, bills that I, I, I believe uh, Senator Boitano carried for us uh, with Gary Johnson. We divided it in 12 sections with the feeder schools. It was equal, so the smaller districts would be equal. We got it through um, the legislature, and in the last minute they added a poison pill to it indicating that after a couple of years if the public didn't like it they could vote against it and it would it would be gone uh, that's wrong I wrote another bill that made all 89 school districts equal and the reason I wrote that is so the funding formula wasn't uh, advantageous for the smaller schools, Mascaro, Wagon Mound, they were getting close to $20,000 a student to uh, provide an education on an annual basis, whereas Rio Rancho was getting 6000 per student, which is inequitable. So I, re, I, I ran my own redistricting and came up with the number between nine and 10,000 students consolidating school districts together to where there would be equal funding in all the new districts. I believe I got it down to 50 districts. Today, $9,973 per student is the average mm -hmm. to instruct a child. In 2000, it was $10,125. So for some reason, all that extra funding hasn't gotten anywhere. Where did and it when go? You, and when you talked about below-the-line funding, which is not part of the Student Equalization Guarantee funding right. formula, that's money that uh, governors <coughs> excuse me, have used to put in their special reforms, the ones they think will make a difference. In the last 15 years, up, uh, they spent $667 million in below-the-line funding on education reform in 15 years. Almost $700 million more dollars and no results. No results. Zero results. It's almost like by design. I'm like, do you do it on purpose? Uh, it's like Tony about D always the said, money. Absolutely about the money. I always say APS. It's like the ivory towers over there. And this is an official opinion of off-the-cuff ABQ. It's too damn big. It's too damn big. The ivory towers are too damn big. We spend a ridiculous amount of money on payouts in, con on, in contractual agreements with superintendents 
who deliver nothing and end up costing the district more money when currently, according to APS, they don't have a single extra penny to spare. No, and at heaven forbid we fix our heating systems or, oh my goodness, our water fountains. Or the graduation rate. We end all all arguments with the graduation rates. Mm -hmm. So um, we got a gift today. Nice. Look at these. They came from Jim. Tim. Tim, sorry. Yes. Tim Walsh's garden. Yes. Are they good? Oh, my God. Yes. Ooh, they are hot. Jalapeno. I'm going to to hold mine. Would you like this water right here, Donna? (laughs) Give it to me. Oh, my goodness. Yep, she's dying. (laughs) Holy moly, and I could eat a hot toy. I would say, so uh, color commentary here. Dinah's face is slightly red. Uh, by her forehead, it's a little redder. Her eyes can barely open because they are tearing. They were. There is pretty hot. I'm, I'm gonna put it in the in the in the tacos you brought. Hopefully, hopefully she'll vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I offered you on the break if you wanted a tour of the of the South Valley I'd, in District 10, I'd be happy to do it. And I've offered that to all candidates because I feel that in part of the crossover, in part of all of that. Like with the block party, I mean, there were a lot of people you ordinarily didn't see there, right? And so I think that often we just have to see a person and they have to be present. And so I offer that and I'm offering it to you and I'd be happy to uh, take you around and Tony can set it up and Alice can set it up because I think it's important that that we be able to see candidates and, you know, see them, feel them Mm -hmm. because what we currently have is not working. In 45 years of all my lifetime of living in District 10, there had only been but two representatives for a state. And only two. And I look around the South Valley, not much has changed. I mean, literally not much has changed. I got more votes than some of them did uh, running in unopposed, all, yes. Yeah, unopposed and in all their time. I was the only one that got up and went to work every single day during COVID. I didn't see the opponent. Nobody knew his name. When they'd ask me for it, I'm like, I don't know. You tell me who represents you. And we have a Colonius. Yes. In the middle. It's an island in the middle of Albuquerque. And you want to talk, you want to talk equity. You want to talk fairness. Let's talk about that because there's nothing right about this situation. I was in shock. You know, I got saved at the Pajarito Mesa. I know that. Yeah, I love I the Pajarito Mesa. But you know, because it is so far from the border, it is a bona fide colonius. But if you're within uh, 100 miles of the border, there's federal funding to make sure that there's infrastructure. But because it's in Albuquerque, it is ignored by everybody. Well, by Democrats mostly. Uh, there too. I got to take you there. Yes, I mean, you're I mean, going to be, be shocked. Shock. I, I accept the invitation. There's no problem Challenge with that. accepted. I, I used to teach down there <laughs> Mountain View, Lowell, right. Yeah. Right. Eugene Field. I I, say, well, I'm Mountain well aware of the neighborhoods. Too. Right, right. So Tim Walsh. Thank you very, very much for coming on. Thank you for taking the call and accepting to go to the block party and to be on the air. I hope to have you back and best of luck to you and God bless you. Oh, God bless you and God bless the uh, great listeners that you have. Thank you. We hope you're out there. Yes. Are you there? Last words, Janice. Um, just, it was a pleasure talking with you. I, you have some great ideas and our state needs great ideas. So I'm, I'm very encouraged. And it's always great to be here with Dinah on Taco Tuesday, the hardest working woman in Albuquerque, for sure. I paid her to say that. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a political problem because we have a spiritual problem. We have an absence of God and a presence of evil. Let's tell the story our way. We'll see you tomorrow, New Mexico. 